Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Warrior Monk Podcast. My guest on the podcast today goes by the handle Antiprofit. I first caught on to his Instagram page, and he really caught my attention, not just because of his interesting avatar that he presents with what kind of looks like a chiclet-studded face mask, but honestly because he speaks out about the psychology of self-limiting, self-sabotaging behaviors and beliefs, especially as they relate to reaching business goals, relationships, and in personal growth. I found that I was nodding to myself in regards to most of his content, and I really wanted the opportunity for a conversation with him, and he was gracious enough to join me for this podcast episode, and I know you're all really going to enjoy it. But before I get into the interview with Antiprofit, I'm just going to take a minute to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode. This episode is being brought to you by 10,000. 10,000 is an athletic clothing brand that has the very best quality athletic apparel that you can find. Most recently, I've gotten a lot of use out of their interval shorts as I've grinded through my workouts. The 10,000 interval shorts are made out of an ultra-wicking material that stretches and moves with you. They have bonded hems that prevent chafing, and they also have a silver ion anti-odor treatment. What I also really love about the interval short is that they come in 12 colors, five, seven, or nine inch inseams, and they can be ordered either with or without a liner. No other athletic company gives you those kind of customization options with their workout shorts. So if you wanna get a pair of the interval short or any of 10,000's other quality performance products, just head over to www.10,000, that's the word 10, the word thousand, .cc, and use the code LRADFORD15, that's L as in Lance, R-A-D-F-O-R-D, 1-5, save you 15% at checkout. So go head on over to 10,000.cc and put in an order for some amazing quality performance clothing, then go crush your workout, and know that you're helping me keep the Warrior Monk podcast producing new content. Now, without further ado, please enjoy the conversation with Antiprofit. Hey everyone, I appreciate you coming back yet again to the Warrior Monk podcast. And today I've got a very interesting guest and someone I'm excited to talk to because I've really appreciated his content, especially over the last couple months. And that's Antiprofit. So, Antiprofit, thank you for joining me on the podcast and willing to take a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. So, um, your content really captured my attention. Um, not only because it, I guess there's a little bit of a, a unique uh, avatar that you're putting out through social media, uh, you know, not showing your face, uh, but the content specifically that you speak to, um, I think resonates probably with a lot of people uh, for millennials, right? Whether it's talking about kind of escaping the matrix, um, weird relationship stuff, um, just kind of, I guess what a lot of people would consider is like life coaching but uh, it definitely resonates with me because it's been a lot of things I've had to learn myself the hard way. And I hear you speak to it and I'm like, oh, man, I wish I kind of had someone to tell me that maybe <laughs> 10 years ago uh, in my life. Um, but I really do appreciate your content. And um, one thing you speak to, I've heard you talk to recently, is um, not just escaping the, the normal nine to five that so many of us get sucked into, but kind of escaping the U.S. And you've, uh, hmm. you've recently moved to Bali and um, that's kind of been your your hub recently. Can I ask what created that shift uh, for you to leave the U.S. and to to pick Bali as your as your place where you've kind of made home for the time being? Yeah, absolutely. So about well, actually, this is right when COVID hit. Um, uh, prior to doing what I do now professionally, I was actually a violinist, 
And when COVID hit, uh, that obviously took all of the opportunities in terms of performance and teaching away. Mm. And I really just spent about a year and a half um, uh, d doing nothing. And in order to fill the time, I kind of had to make a point to, you know, pick up a new skill just because that's sort of how my mind works. I can't, I, there was no way that I could just be idle for, you know, 18 months. So. Um, I ended up sort of leaning into digital marketing, which is something that I had just really not ever been interested in or enjoyed or like it, it was always actually kind of scary for me to envision myself like doing anything with that um, just because with violin I never posted anything of my playing online or anything like that, et cetera, et cetera. So um, fast forward like eight or nine months, I lean really hard into digital marketing and uh, I decided to release uh, my first course, which uh, in retrospect is pretty cringe, but I uh, created a course that taught men how to uh, optimize their Tinder profiles to get more matches. Right. Um, so, you know, as all first ventures into a new field go, uh, this was <coughs> a, a total massive failure. Um, I, I think I made something like... Oh, I don't know, probably like 7 to 11 sales, and the product was priced at $47, and I probably poured around, like realistically, about $12,000 into the project. So it was, uh, it, was, it was one of those kind of learning lessons where you, you just like kind of have to take the L. Mm -hmm. uh, but from there, uh, I you know, was traveling a lot just because you know, I was dealing with some things personally at the time, and I, I just needed to kind of get out of where I was from. Uh, so, you know, I spent three months in Rio de Janeiro. I was living in Jamaica for a month, uh, living in Miami for a few months at a time. And while I was in Rio, I met this girl on the beach uh, who was like, yeah, you know, I, I actually travel for free because this guy that I follow online uh, has this course that uh, teaches you how to build a social media following and uh, leverage that following in order to get free uh, stays and accommodations, blah, blah, blah. So um, I kind of looked into this influencer, who I won't name, um, and I started kind of just following him. I didn't really end up doing like anything that he taught. Um, but after a few months, he posted online that he was hiring. So from there, uh, I, you know, we kind of went back and forth for about a month, ended up coming to an agreement, and part of the stipulation of me taking this particular position uh, which was a managerial position for his 14-person team, uh, was to relocate out to Bali. And it, again, sort of aligned with my goals and my vision for my life at the time because I was really, you know, looking to uh, get out of the city that I was from. And, um, you know, I was already living abroad in those other areas that I spoke to. But I think on top of that, I just, I, I got to this place where um, I was seeing that being inside of America was not really conducive to my own mental health. Like, it, it wasn't causing, like, massive anxiety or massive depression or massive problems within my own psyche, but I, I did see the benefit of potentially taking myself out of the uh, pressure cooker for a while in order to clear my head and, um, you know, figure out how I wanted to potentially, like, help people through social media and I, I think taking myself out of the pressure cooker and going to Bali gave me a clearer head and uh, more peace of mind in order to be able to do so um, sure. I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing now um, with you know the anti-profit content um, had I not taken myself out of the pressure cooker so I know that's a bit of a long story but uh, that that is kind of from A to Z what uh, what led to what no I appreciate the background and I'm 
you know, me coming from a, a military background, you kind of get, um, I guess, spoiled in a way because the military mm. sends you all over the world traveling, right? And some yeah. guys, some guys and gals lo- uh, love it, you know, like experiencing new cultures and and being in other countries, and, and some hate it. Uh, I lived in Japan for two years, and I just remember like stepping off the plane and having the person who picked me up, and they just like started trash talking Okinawa, Japan, for like the entire car ride, <laughs> you know. And just some Americans can't escape that, like uh, I guess the ethnocentrism of uh, you know, it's it's our way or the highway kind of thing. But I think and it kind of leads to my next question is like, what do you, what do you think Americans have uh, to gain by kind of going and experiencing other cultures and living in other places? I think they stand to gain um, an appreciation of how good they have it. Mm. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people just, uh, you know, in New York or any major city or even in, you know, some of these smaller towns, like for example, I, I've, for whatever reason, spent a lot of time in Shelby, Montana. It's a town of like 2,500 people. And, uh, you know, you, you speak to people and, you know, they're regular people, but it's just, there's, there seems to be this view that, um, you know, life is completely falling apart in like the political landscape. And, you know, that, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's almost like this echo chamber where, mm-hmm their problems uh, seem to be getting more and more amplified um, as if they're sort of in a hall of mirrors. And I think by going out into the world, you, number one, realize what real poverty looks like, um, what real struggle looks like. And I think, you know, especially in Asia, I think going and sort of seeing what having a strong culture, having strong cultural beliefs, uh, whether that be just a respect for elders or... Um, a respect for society or um, a very strong uh, relationship between the people and religion. That's something that I'm seeing a lot of in Bali uh, between the people and uh, the Hindu religion. Um, It it kind of dismantles a lot of the prevailing beliefs in America that, um, you know, you know, culture is bad, uh, religion is bad. All of these things are just really, really negative things. And I, I think you know, I've, I've been reading a lot of Nietzsche uh, lately, and I think something that he goes into is um, the West's departure from belief in God uh, was not a positive thing because it left this vacuum in terms of, uh, you know, what do we actually actually connect to? What do we model our problems off of? And I think because of that vacuum, we've, you know, tried to fill that vacuum with, like, money or status or power or something like that. And I think that's led to a decline in society, a decline in... Um, culture and decline in uh, cultural beliefs, and I think it has led to a lot of the anxiety and depression and self-hatred of uh, people in the West, um, yeah. where, again, they get hyper-fixated on their own problems, which are very much, in my opinion, uh, self-made, and I think going outside of your bubble and having an appreciation for how the rest of the world lives, it, it, it makes you humble, and it makes you realize that... Uh, you're actually starting far from zero in America just by virtue of living in America in order to kind of build your life into something that uh, will exceed like, you know, 96% of the population, even if you accomplish very little in your yeah. life in America. Yeah, totally true. I spent spending time in Central America, spending time in Southeast Asia and West Africa. Um, you You kind of start to realize like, you know, I'm saying this as a white guy, right? The word white privilege gets thrown around a lot in America, but like there's, if you step outside the American lens, there's like a very big 
American privilege that, you know, even what are considered below the poverty level in America is quality of living is so much higher than in so many other yeah. parts of the world. Um, yeah. And it's weird. I agree with you. They're like, America's kind of in this weird, almost like cannibalistic state right now. Um, and that's, that could probably be a whole nother conversation because there's, there are definitely outside influences that are, that are trying <laughs> to make that happen as well. But, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep it to kind of the, I guess the, the, the average American trying to escape the, the nine to five matrix, which I, th I think is, is important because I think it's, we live in an interesting time, right? Like even right now, like you're all the way across the world and I'm back in the, in the U S and we're having almost pretty close to a, to a live conversation. So for, for people that are out there that are kind of not wanting to, to live in the matrix, to have that nine to five working for the man, so to speak, do you have a, any, any concepts or anything that you would suggest is like a, kind of first steps in, in kind of succeeding and starting to do that. You've, you said yourself, you've come across like your own failures, uh, and trying to start that process, but you're, you're kind of living it, so to speak now. Yeah, for sure. Well, let me kind of define what it is uh, that I mean when I uh, refer to the matrix. I think a lot of people sort of, uh, hear that phrase and they think of, I mean, obviously the movie, the matrix, which is essentially this external system that is uh, built to, enslave you, right? Um, and I, I think there's some uh, validity to that metaphor. However, the way that I actually view the matrix is um, as if it was something that's internal. Um, I think the first step someone can take to sort of address getting outside of the matrix, uh, which is within themselves, is to work on themselves. Um, the way that I personally had to be prompted into doing that was a result of my life kind of completely falling apart. I won't, you know, get into too much detail because we, you know, that isn't really what we're talking about in this part of the conversation, but to give you a bit of an overview, um, within a year and a half period, um, I lost my dad, ended up getting divorced, lost my house, lost my dog, lost my two best friends, uh, lost my job as a result of COVID, uh, found myself as like a, you know, 28, 29-year-old guy uh, living in his mother's basement uh, with with no cash flow and you know when when life kind of comes at you in that way you can kind of blame the external circumstances or you can kind of take a hard look at uh, your responsibility inside of that mm. you know uh, series of failures now obviously with like the death of someone like that isn't like a personal failure so you know the death of my father or anything like that um, you know, I'm, it's not me blaming myself by any means, but, uh, you know, certain things in the relationship even that I wish had gone better uh, sure. towards the end of his life. You know, that's that's something that, you know, I can examine my responsibility in. So anyway, all that to say um, is it really kind of required going into the depths of despair on my end uh, to take a hard look at how I showed up in all of these different situations uh, that had recently failed. And by doing so. I was able to kind of figure out things about myself that um, were actually the opposite of what I had previously thought. For example, I thought that being endlessly kind, endlessly patient with the people around me was um, inherently a virtue. And it's not that I've gone in the other direction and been like, oh, you, you know, are we allowed to swear on her here? Yeah, I yeah, should ask yeah. before I just drop her. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, instead of going in the opposite direction and being like, oh, you know, fuck people, like people can deal with their own problems. Like I'm, I've, I've definitely found a middle ground there. But, you know, I think growing up in a, from a, a, a Christian background, turning the other cheek was definitely, you know, my uh, 
my ammo, and yeah. uh, it got me into a lot of sticky situations over time, and that was something that I had to deprogram uh, within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was almost like, a, like my values got sort of flipped on their head, and by doing that, you know, I, for the first time, was able to kind of see patterns of behavior within myself that weren't serving me. I was able to not only identify them, but kind of deprogram them. And from sort of starting out from zero again, or as close to zero as I possibly could, um, just in terms of you know my personality and trying to build up new character traits where old ones had um, fallen down and crumbled, uh, I was able to kind of see the limiting structures in sort of my own head uh, and sort of build outside of those walls uh, to then sort of consider to myself, okay, well, this is how much I've been making um, as a violinist. The reason for that is not because, like, being a violinist inherently doesn't pay a lot. It's because I viewed myself as someone who was only deserving of making something like, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. Um, and that, again, I, if I heard myself talking four years ago, I would sound like I, I, I would feel like I sound like I'm spewing bullshit right now because it's very much like manifestation or woo-woo uh, stuff like, oh, you make as much as you think that you deserve to make. But I, I, I think a lot of people peddle that yeah. and it, the way that they peddle it is too simplistic. But the more you kind of get into that sort of thing and, you know, quietly live it yourself, you realize that it is actually the case. Um, so that's, that's sort of one example. Um, I think another one in terms of just like seeing that the world, uh, was number one bigger, but number two, that you could make, uh, make a living, uh, you know, working remotely and that sort of thing. It was actually very much due to, um, the person that I'm working for now. It was due to several like digital courses that I took myself that really opened my mind to the world of digital marketing in a way that it hadn't been. Because again, I had been a violinist. You show up to a gig, you play the gig for two hours, you get paid X amount of money for two hours of work and you leave. Like it's a very geographically limited um, profession. And I think, you know, just sort of exposing myself to the right types of content online, as well as working on myself, as well as doing as much work as I could um, to avoid my vices, which, you know, I don't know if you, how much of my content you've seen, but uh, uh, something that I've definitely struggled with in the past is uh, my consumption of alcohol. And, uh, you know, I going through the period of time that I went through where I was just completely stone-cold sober for four months was actually once one of the most transforming periods of my life. And it was I, very much due to the fact that um, I wasn't partying. Like that's when I got this job. That's when I. That's when my life really started to come together. So again, I know I, I apologize for giving you these long-winded uh, answers, but uh, to kind of summarize what I just said, working on yourself by consuming really great literature, whether that's um, you know self-help, Carl Jung, great uh, fiction, any of that will serve to uh, improve your psyche if you're consuming things that are pushing you in that direction. Um, getting into the idea or accepting the idea that um, you can indeed make money online while living uh, remotely from your job. That's the second thing. And um, yeah, just getting to a place where you are comfortable taking the risk leaving your safety nets behind in order to experience something new. I think those are the three things that I would probably try to communicate here. 
no, it's great. And I appreciate you sharing, you know, a little bit of your of your past. I know you've you've talked about it some on your content, but it's I, I've seen it. So I've got a, a family that's been tortured by alcoholism. And I can mm. tell you from in the military, it's like a, it's a terrible cultural of of alcoholism. Uh, I mean, mm. America's bad about it in general. It's like a, you spend time in Europe and it's like alcohol is used, but it doesn't seem like people consume it in excess like we seem to normalize in America. And I've seen multiple people around me um, change their lives a lot when they decide to be sober or even just like you said, stopping the partying, not not going out on the Friday nights, because even even if it's not talking about the health benefits or uh, I guess repercussions, uh, right, mentally and physically from consuming of alcohol, it's like the time that you pour into it and the, the sleep that you lose and the the productivity that you that you lose the time that you that you pour into it, the money that you spend on alcohol, because alcohol is expensive, especially when you go out to drink. It's like, these are all like kind of little factors right? That kind of add up to the to the big things, especially when you talk over the course of weeks and months and years. So I, I appreciate you sharing on it. Um, can I ask what's on the what's on the horizon for you? What's uh, what's coming next for anti-profit? Yeah, man. Um, so anti-profit, I think, is going to start moving into long form uh, pretty soon. I'd, I'd, uh, I think I'm going to be starting a podcast within the next month and a half, which I'm really excited about. I'm currently on the working on the back end of that and sort of assembling a team making sure that I have the appropriate uh, editors, thumbnail designers, and um, expanding my current social media manager's uh, scope of responsibilities uh, to kind of be able to take this on effectively. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing, I don't know if you saw this the other day, um, I released a little funny skit uh, mm -hmm. about uh, the anti-profit mentorship program. Yeah. Um, and that's actually going to be a, a real thing. Um, I think by the time this goes up, uh, this, this interview goes up, that will be live. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a weekly live stream for an hour or two, just kind of however long uh, it naturally ends up going, where people will be able to hop on and um, ask me questions about finances, about uh, relationships and dating and about uh, mental and physical health. And um, I'm going to be pricing that at like 10 bucks a month. It's going to be super cheap. Uh, but I, I you know, wanted to provide something of value, um, but also provide something of value that I didn't feel like was completely gouging people. Yeah. Um, just because I've, I'm inundated in DMs from sure. people who are like asking me, like, you know, it's sort of, you know, what you asked, like, number one, how do I escape the matrix? Number two, like, uh, I've, I had a, a medical student reach out to me the other day. He was like, hey, I'm like studying to be a neurosurgeon, but I don't know if this is like the life that I want to do. Like, I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> if this is like, you know, kind of asking for life advice on that front. Um, I have people reaching out and talking about like their sexual abuse with me. And I, it's, it's kind of tricky, right? Yeah. Like I didn't go into this page uh, it, it really aspiring to be a life coach necessarily. Um, and there, there are definitely uh, parts of me that feel woefully underqualified uh, to talk to people about, you know, whether or not they should be a neurosurgeon, whether or not um, their sugar daddy basically sexually manipulating them in order to pay for their bills in college uh, and how to address that, mm -hmm. you know, like, because ultimately I can only speak from my own experiences, which, you know, are diverse. You know, I, I have experience in working something that you're not super committed and I have experience with, you know, being sexually abused or whatever. So I, I can really only use that as a jumping off point. But I think the wealth of life experience that I have is maybe 
the main thing I have going for me. But I, anyway, getting back to uh, the original question is just, um, I think that uh, seemed like an, a reasonable avenue to give people to, you know, um, access me just because uh, the DMs are just, they're, they're too full too often and I have difficulty getting around to everyone. So that's, that seemed like a good way to do so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously your content resonates with people, right? Cause they feel, they feel compelled to, to reach out to you. And it, it makes me feel thankful that you've, that you responded to me and gave, gave me some of your, your attention. Cause I, I know you've got multiple people reaching out to you. So thank you for that. Um, but I, I'm excited for that. Cause I think that's definitely, and I appreciate the fact that you say too, that like, you know, you don't want to price gouge people, like make, make it something that, that people can, can afford. And it's probably good. It, honestly, it's probably the best way that you can help people, right? Because you can't, you can't get around and, and answer every single DM, especially if as your page and your, your, I guess your influencer status continues to grow, like you're only going to be able to carry on so many conversations because you still got to have a life too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I'm, I'm obviously working uh, uh, full time on top of this and, you know, I have a, a relationship and, you know, it's important to make time for that kind of thing. And absolutely. yeah, it, you're, you're totally right. So I, I think, I don't know, this, this seemed like the, the best way that made sense to, you know, kind of open up a channel of communication yeah. uh, between me and, and the audience. So I'm, I'm excited for it. It's going to be opening uh, in the next uh, 24, 48 hours. So I'm pretty stoked. Cool. Cool. Um, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions that I like to ask all my guests. Um, and I always get different answers. So it's always interesting. And the first one is um, kind of how I grow my own influential circle. And that's by asking who's influencing you right now. And that could be a personal relationship, uh, could be someone you're reading, another podcaster, influencer, an artist, uh, something of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, like I said, I'm uh, right in the middle of reading um, on the genealogy of morals uh, by Nietzsche. So that's uh, Nietzsche is definitely on the on the brain. Uh, this is, I think, the third book I've I've consumed of his. It's Beyond Good and Evil. Ecce homo. I don't know if I'm saying that one right. Exe homo. I don't know. Um, but, and then, uh, like I said, uh, genealogy now. Um, in terms of, uh, uh, let's see, YouTubers, which is kind of where I spend most of my time, um, I started watching, uh, I think his name is Bedrulian. Okay. Uh, he has a, a pretty solid podcast. Diary of a CEO is a fabulous podcast. Um, Chris Williamson, depending on his guest, is a, is a really, really great podcaster. I really like his stuff. Lex Fridman. Um, uh, Come Town. <laughs> is a podcast I've gotten into quite okay. a bit, which is a horrifying title. Uh, but um, I, I, it's it's one of the funniest podcasts I've ever heard in my life. Um, okay. And it has the worst name possible. Yes. Uh, but it's, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Um, you're, you're welcome to bleep that one out if you need to. Um, no. But I think, uh, you know, I, coming from an artistic background, um, being able to see people just like at the height of their art, um, in terms of comedy is, is something that I really, really enjoy consuming and something that actually, you know, gets different parts of my brain, uh, you know, working at a high level, in, even in yeah. terms of productivity. Um, so that's really entertaining. The Tim Dillon show. Um, I think as far as Instagram and uh, TikTok is concerned, believe it or not, I actually don't really um, consume that much content. I mean, I don't follow anyone on either of these platforms and I, I'm just not on them all the time. So if I'm consuming content it's always on a uh, it's always on um youtube yeah you're probably smart to do that because it's uh 
you know, it's if you study neuroscience at all, you and you know what app developers are doing as far as hacking, you know, hacking yeah, your brain, brain chemistry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, but that's again another conversation entirely. But for anybody out there who's put the put the phone on how many hours a, a day, put a limiter on your on your apps, how many limit. hours. If it's more than if it's more than two, it's like you're wasting time. <laughs> I saw this really great feature on uh, Samsung. I'm a I'm an Apple guy, so I I don't have access to the feature myself. But I saw somebody who had a limiter on their Instagram. But it's not like this button that comes up that you can dismiss and keep uh, scrolling Instagram. It actually makes the screen black and white, hmm. so that it actually like makes your uh, you know feed be like a thousand times less more appealing boring. and it, it sort of naturally like go away from it i thought it was brilliant i thought that was yeah. such a cool feature yeah i like that man they they should definitely do that for apple too i think it's a but i don't know they're Agreed. you know they're probably in cahoots with meta and don't want people <laughs> true that true that not to go down any conspiracy theory rabbit holes but you know, <laughs> that's that's a whole nother one uh next question my man is uh when you hear the term warrior monk uh what does that mean to you what do you think of you know i actually think that's a Almost a, it's a really interesting contradiction of terms, um, just because you know, warriors are going out into the world and uh, you know dominating their surroundings uh, through strength, which I think is a very, very honestly valuable thing. Um, again, man, I'm I'm reading a lot of Nietzsche, so like mm-hmm. it, that that's definitely his like his mode of thinking is uh, that the like modern society has lost touch with its um, roots from ancient Rome and ancient Greece, where strength was one of the um, uh, one of the most important things a citizen could bring to uh, the society. So the the warrior aspect is very interesting because the the it, it what I say it embraces the animalistic side of human nature to a much higher degree than let's say the monk. Uh, the monk uh, basically lives an entire life of um, trying to divorce himself from those animal instincts in order to uh, not subjugate the outside world but to sort of subjugate and dominate the inside world to have complete control over uh over what's happening there so i think it's actually a very very cool title of uh, of a podcast because it, to me when i hear it it sort of advocates for uh not picking one or the other but sort of mastering both which i think is is fucking cool yeah man it's um you know the premise is balanced, right? And uh, from my mm. from my own life lessons, uh, I was a I was a nerd before the military. Got my degree in biotechnology and was working in medical research, nice. and was one hundred percent a cerebral person. And it was like not serving me entirely. And then went in the military mm. and became way too much of focused on going and deploying overseas and being way too caught up in that identity. So I guess the the life lesson, and it seems like this is a pattern, right? Like how many Roman generals wrote back and had regret over decisions that they made in life. Or, you know, you can talk about Masashi and his regret of, of certain, certain actions he took as a young person and ultimately coming around to really becoming a, a Buddhist later in his life. But, you know, it's all about balance. That's really the theme. But I appreciate your take on it for sure. Awesome. So uh, I am extremely excited for for more content in the future. I think your, your podcast is going to be great. Um, I'm wishing you all the success on it. Uh, people want to, we're going to be looking forward to that because it's going to be coming soon. Um, how can they, how they, they find it? Um, how can they find you if they want to follow and if they've, uh, you know, want to try to connect with you further, uh, where can they find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, on all platforms, and by all platforms, I mean uh, OnlyFans, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, kidding about the OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> you can find me um, at uh, anti.profit, and it's profit um, as in like a religious profit, not like, you know, capitalistic profit. Sure. Uh, that's going to be the easiest way to find that. Uh, for the podcast, uh, you'll you'll see it on my channel on YouTube. Right now, I'm just posting the same shorts on all three platforms, uh, but YouTube is going to become the home of, uh, of the podcast, so people will be able to see it over there. Um, and then uh, if people are wanting to take a look at the mentorship program, uh, the URL to that, which I should know off the top of my head, it's horrifying that I don't, uh, is antiprofit.co slash sales hyphen page. So I'm definitely going to get a better URL for that because I don't want to send people to something that says sales page. That's very tacky. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's where it currently is. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll we'll post that when uh, when this podcast goes uh, on the internet. And if it if it changes, we'll, uh, we'll get that posted properly as well. But I know people will be looking to find it and you'll uh, it'll be posted on your page as well. So um, hey man, I really appreciate your time. I appreciated the conversation. I think uh, I think what you're doing is is really cool and interesting, and I'm going to continue to follow you and, and look forward to what you're doing moving forward. So thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Again, big thank you to Anti Profit for being my guest on the Warrior Monk podcast. And if you're looking to see his content, you can find and follow him at Anti Profit. That's P R O P H E T. And if you're interested in his mentorship program, you can find it at his updated URL, www.antiprofit.co. If you've been enjoying the Warrior Monk podcast, please share it on your social media page, tag it at the Warrior Monk podcast, send it over to a friend, or share it with someone that you think is a Warrior Monk. Also, please head back to wherever you streamed or downloaded this podcast from and leave us a review. As always, I always appreciate the feedback and it helps the podcast out when you add a review. Please feel free to shoot me a direct message at the Warrior Monk Podcast Instagram or Facebook if you've got an idea for a further episode or if you just want to start a conversation. Lastly, I would invite you to become a supporter of the Warrior Monk Podcast. You can do that through our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash WM Podcast. You can support the podcast through various pledges and they come with complimentary and exclusive Warrior Monk merchandise, including some stickers, Velcro vinyl patches, and t-shirts. As always, thank you for joining me, and I look forward to more content that I can bring you in the future. Until then, continue to grow through balance. It's what we're all about here at the Warrior Monk Podcast. This is Lance, signing out.